The views expressed on the following program are designed to amplify those of the speaker and are not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. Coming up on today's experience, devotional diamonds of the day, also known as DDDs, where my daily devotions become some of our spiritual reflections. Sound effects placed throughout the show, which have nothing to do with life, but they'll make you smile. And after this weekend, for many of you watching the news, many of you going to church, many of you having to pay your bills like rent, you need to smile. It's okay. The review of the goofy news, which proves Jesus is coming back sooner than you think. As we say, we hope before this whole introduction is done, life lessons for our faith that we can actually use. Probably won't, but we could if we decide to be doers and not just hearers of the word. Humor that will force you to think, why does this guy have a radio show? Number one question. In Crawford Radio. Why does that guy have a radio show? Excellent. Also, uh, Bible trivia for fake, and yet somehow, real cool prizes, your phone calls, and more. Living this life, not easy, Welcome! To the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. My name is David Spoon. I will be your host for the next 5,400 seconds. Get ready for one of the more bizarre experiences on live radio. Here is the key to the show. We don't know what we're doing. We have no idea what's going to happen, and we don't care. But for the next few minutes, I want to talk faith with you. So here we go. We're asking questions about that thing, that living life as a Christian thingy. So that you understand it's not just Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings. It's not just once or twice or even three times a week. It's a 365, 24-7 principle that we live our lives to the glory and the honor of Jesus Christ every day in everything we think, say, and do. Wow, that's a challenge. If you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, maybe you have a response to Bible trivia, which we'll do later on. Maybe you have a prayer request or a praise report. We want you to be able to engage with us. We want you to have that opportunity to interact. This is not your church. It is a Christian fellowship. I am not your pastor. I am a big brother in the Lord. What are my qualifications? I don't have any. (laughs) <laughs> What's the qualification? There are no qualifications. I'm behind a microphone. We're talking. We're, we're praying for one another. We're blessing one another. We're encouraging one another. My qualifications is that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. There you go. And, uh, and I hope that I'm walking sensitive to the Holy Spirit as I'm trying to glorify God the Father in everything we do. Here it is in a nutshell. If you want to reach out to us, 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you call that phone number, you will now get Captain Chris, and that will change your life. Like that? That's a good one, right? Yeah? 
Might change mine, too. That could change yours as well. I like that. Uh, so if you get a chance, you can say hi to him. That'd be nice. That's really cool. So that's 972-445-0770. You can also text us at 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can email us, david at he org. That's david at he org, which leads me to the website. And I want to encourage you to check it out as there's a new picture up there of somebody else who listens to our show. That's right. <laughs> See, I'm starting to do real sneaky things, which is kind of fun. Check out hemustincrease.org. Website, hemustincrease.org, hemustincrease.org. Email david at hemustincrease.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. There you go. So you have that chance to check that out. I do think it's a good idea for everybody to be praying. I know that the situation in New Orleans is bad. It's a bad situation. So I do want to do a brief prayer for that because there's some people, they, there's just nothing they can do. They don't, you know, they, they've even prepared. And uh, still, sometimes when a storm comes in, it gets to be a little tough. So let's just pray real quickly. Father, we come before you right now and we lift up the people in our own country who are facing incredible, incredible difficult situations, some of them without power, without food, without any kind of access to other people. We just lift them up before you and pray, Lord, that you would put a bubble around these people in our country and you would have mercy on them and you would bring people into their lives immediately so that they can find aid. We certainly want them to be able to eat, want them to have clothing, want them to find comfort. We ask that you would help our country in spite of our rebelliousness as a country, have mercy on us and reach to those people and let them know that you are there. We pray for you to intercede on our behalf in this situation. Sinful nation, sinful people and all, we ask for your help out of your mercy in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Okay, that gets us rolling. Uh, just keep those are the kind of things you want to keep aware of and pray for. It's like people want to, they politicize everything. You know what? Why don't you Jesusize everything? Instead of politicize everything, okay? That that's my that's my take. That's my new line. Jesus size it. Okay. Uh, here we go on the text. We're in First Thessalonians chapter four, verse one. Who would have thought we'd made this much progress in Thessalonians? It says this. Additionally, then, brothers and sisters, we ask and encourage you in the Lord Jesus that as you have received instruction from us, how you should. Live and please God as you are doing. Do this even more. There's Paul. There's the way Paul is in his writings. That's why I love the verbal plenary where the Holy Spirit gets across what he wants to get across, but the person doesn't lose their personality in the writing. Here's Paul. He says three things that are amazing. One, he says, we ask and encourage you. Can I help you? Because a lot of you don't have a... um, a Yiddish background or a Jewish background. Uh, in this case, when Paul is saying we ask and encourage you, that would be also us saying he's directing you and he's nudging you. He's nudging you like go this way, nudge you. And you think, what do you mean he's nudging you? He's literally he's, he's kind of behind you, pushing with his hand very lightly, going go this way. And so here's what he wants you to do. He wants you to live. He wants us to live. And to, to how we should live and how we should please God. 
And what happens, and this is Monday Monday afternoon, our first show of the week, and the first thing we need to be remembering about Monday and every day that we get up is when you get up, guess what? It's not about you. Just start there. You will do so much better with God. He will be so much more pleased if we would arise and go, not about me today. That's about you and I just want to, you know, be sensitive enough and kind of connect in there and you know, I want to be that I want to be that I want to live for you and I want to please you. I could just leave it there and that's exactly what I would do. It's probably exactly what I should do except for Paul does another thing cuz he always does this. He says, "You should, you know, there I'm going to ask you, I'm going to encourage you or I'm going to I'm going to direct you, I'm going to nudge you." And I, you guys got to be aware that we should be living and pleasing God in every single day that we get up, every single day that we function in life. We should be concentrating on this living and pleasing God. And then you just think Paul would go, there, there you go. Get that done. And then he goes, as you are doing, because he's not trying to take away from us making progress in this area. But he goes, but as you are doing, do it more. <laughs> it's like... Here's a good way to be a teacher. You guys are doing great, but you can do even greater. Wow, you got a six out of that. I bet next time you could get an eight. (laughs) That is what Paul is doing. And what he's telling all of us is, look, I'm asking you. I'm encouraging you. You need to live for the Lord. Now, you need to please the Lord. Let Let me say to you, my children, you're doing a great job. Good job, good job. But I want you to do more. I want you to dig deep down. I want you to really, really pull it together and go forward in such a way that everything you think, say, and do pleases the Lord. And that's what he's asking. He's encouraging. And you would think, typically, if you go to a church, you'll walk into church. Many times the pastors, the the preachers, they just beat you on the head (laughs) Just pull out Bible bullets and start start shooting. It's just like, you know, look it. You and I, we're trying to do this. And the Lord knows we're trying to do this. And he has compassion on us. He has mercy on us. The scripture says that God knows what we're made of. And what he wants us to do is keep doing that and just go for it a little more. Just a little more and a little more. Because in doing that, we will reflect Jesus just a little more and a little more. And then we get closer to what God has in mind for us. Keep in mind that a church's existence, you have many, many churches, 330,000 churches in the United States of America. 330,000. What's amazing is that all of them do not have this one vision, which tells you why there's a problem. The purpose of the church is always that Jesus might have preeminence, period. Everything else, the programs, the ideas, the thought process, great. It's great. It's fantastic. It's awesome. Have a water park. That's cool. Have have a carnival. Fantastic. But everything surrenders to Jesus being acknowledged. It's his church first. I love this uh, teaching that this uh, one professor said. He said, in the candlesticks in the book of Revelation— Only Jesus was worthy to walk amongst them and make all the corrections that needed to be 
changed. It's like, well, there you go. It is his church. Oh, the church is a mess. Yeah, but it's his mess. And you got to be careful with that because you're his and you're a mess. But you're his mess. Get it? Ah, okay. So asking and encouraging you, live in a way that pleases God, live and please him, and do even more. Going to take our break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. When confronted by the unimaginable, Look at how some of the Bible heroes responded. Abraham's wife, Sarah, laughed when the Lord promised her a son in old age. Why did Sarah laugh? Is anything too hard for the Lord? The Lord answered. That's Genesis 18, 13. Zechariah, priest in the temple, asked, How can I be sure of this to Gabriel? I am Gabriel, the angel answered. I stand in the presence of God and have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. Luke, this is out of Luke 119. In other words, God was saying, God can do this. Mary exclaimed, how are you going to do this? When Gabriel brought her that great news of her son that she would bear, the angel assured her, nothing with God, nothing will be impossible. Luke 137, the disciples questioned Jesus, and he answered them, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Matthew 19, 26. The Lord reminded the prophet Jeremiah, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too hard for me? Jeremiah 32, 27. If God be for us, who can be against us? Romans 8, 31. Praise to him who is able, listen, this is Ephesians 3, 20. Praise to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Finally, when life just seems impossible, we can memorize and believe and agree with the Apostle Paul's conclusion of all his personal struggles, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, which is in Philippians 4.13. Darkness comes. This is paper. This, this next statement. Darkness comes. In the middle of it, the future looks blank. But with God, nothing is impossible. He has more ropes and ladders and tunnels out of pits that you can ever conceive of. So wait and pray without ceasing and hope. I think that this kind of thought process, it's not name it and claim it. It's just believing that God is the God that can do anything is applicable for his kids to operate in when their situation seems impossible that we deal in the truth of the possible that God brings. If Jesus Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. All righty, here we go. Get ready for the first (gasps) trivia (gasps) question. Here we go. All right. Now, we kind of dotted around this last week, so we're asking this in a general sense. You don't have to be overly spiritually wise on this one. After Jesus died... Who, who 
thrust the spear in Jesus' side. We know that when it happened, there was water and blood that came out. Who did it? Okay? All right. Don't say Robin Hood. That would be a wrong answer. Uh, who thrust the spear into Jesus' side? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770, or you can text in 214-210-8483, or you can send an email into david at hemustincrease.org. Who put the spear in his side after he died? Uh, we're going to do our DNA real fast. I don't know that Captain Chris is ready for the DNA. You ready just to kind of follow along a couple more times and then you'll get into it? Yeah, because I, yeah. I don't want you to, you know, I don't want to put you on the spot there. All right, so D, there's DNA. Everybody's got DNA. I mean, we all know. Now, we all have DNA. That's part of our body. But we use a Christian DNA that we think Christians should function on on a regular basis and understand what they're made of. Our DNA consists of D, which stands for draw closer to the Lord. Daily. The daily principle there is every and anything. When Jesus taught people to pray, he said, uh, when he was teaching them about prayer, he says, give us this day our daily bread. Right? Daily. Why? Well, because he wants you to pray daily. So what's the answer? Daily. <laughs> Just think Superman and kryptonite. Uh, daily planet. See, that's the newspaper. Well, if you like Superman, that'd be okay. So that's D. And never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. Okay? That's one I don't share because that's just, we are never ashamed. We're not ashamed of the gospel. We're not ashamed of what Jesus said. And if people don't like what Jesus says, tell them, go argue with Jesus. Go on, go on. Have your argument. Let me know how it goes. I'm going to buy, I'm going to listen to what he has to say. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel or anything that Jesus had to say. And then A is always be ready to serve. So the service part comes to us as we understand that it's an attitude of surrender to God, honoring God and loving God, love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And then you're supposed to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So the serve part means that you're sensitive and connected to God and ready to love on people who are all around, which is the way the Lord wants you to do it. If you really want to get into super duper quick, I'll give you a quick Monday cool thing. So you know how Jesus some did a summary and he said there's two commandments, right? So it's love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind and love Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Remember then in John, I think it's 13, he said, I had give you a new commandment. And so everybody's like, new commandment? You already gave us a summary on a commandment. And the summaries were this and this. And he did give them a new command. Most people miss it. It's, he says, love one another. So there's a difference between loving God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, loving your neighbor as you love yourself. That's the summation of the two. And then he says, now love one another. And what he drops on people is in the brotherhood, in the sisterhood, in the family of God, there has to be even a greater, exceedingly devotional, committed love to one another. Ah! Just thought I'd drop that nugget on everybody. Uh, so, uh, we will ask the question again and then go into the teaching. We did our DNA. Captain Chris is ready for that in the future. He's got it down. See, he's all good. Uh, it's, after Jesus died, who thrust a spear into his side? You don't have to have a perfect answer. You know, it's kind of ballparking it in the beginning. Let me go to this next section because most of you will really like me for this. <laughs> yeah, not really. Okay, here we go. Uh... <laughs> So, uh, additionally then, brothers and sisters, we ask and encourage you, nudge, 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 in the Lord Jesus, that as you've received instruction from us how you should live and please God, as you are doing, do this even more. Oh, thank you, Paul. Thanks for saying we are doing it, but then thank you for encouraging us uh, to do it even more. Ready? All right, here we go. Verse 3. For this 
is God's will. Your sanctification. Okay. You will hear me. Now, 1 Thessalonians is one of the few places where you get the writings, this is the will. This is the will. This is the <laughs> Paul's pretty definitive here. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, he says, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, that, that we give thanks in every circumstance. Okay? That's the will of God. In, in, in all things give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. He's going to say that in a chapter, a one chapter later, which for him wasn't a chapter. It's probably another page on his letter that he's writing. But before he says that, he says this. He says, very simply, trying to keep it together, for this is God's will, your sanctification. So he says that one before the Thanksgiving one. That doesn't mean it's more important. It just means it's an addition to. And then when he's talking about your sanctification, what is it that everybody thinks? Ooh, holy. I mean, that's what people start doing. They start doing the Monty Python thing where the guys hit themselves in the head with the wood and somehow that's holy. Or That's not what it means. I mean, do you think God would give us a, a principle like that and have it be so, I mean, just lame like that? It's like, oh, come on. When it says that we're supposed to be sanctified, our sanctification, that means, the word sanctify means to set apart. And what that means is that we are set apart for God. The whole principle of sanctification, the whole principle diving into holiness and really understanding, really understanding what's going on, is that God is trying to pull us out from the world and the worldly influences and have us connect with him in such an intimate relationship that when we go to heaven and spend eternity with God, it's not going to be quite the shock, you think, because you're already in a relationship with the Lord. It's just going to be a better relationship, a deeper relationship, a more revealed relationship. And so what God wants to do is pull us away from the worldly influences. So I'm just going to ask you a few simple questions, and you can just kind of answer them yourself. You don't have to answer me directly. But where are some of the places that you and I might find, I don't know, worldly influences? Could that be in some of the education, in some of the job places, in some of the media, in some of the, the, the context of movies and songs and all of those different formats where people are influencers? Isn't that where that stuff comes from? Well, then you ought to be careful, and I ought to be careful about what we let in. Because some of that stuff that we let in, oh, it might sound really cool and jingly, but it ain't going to be cool if it strips away any of our ability to connect with the Lord, and it's not cool when it pollutes us and we just don't even see it. Now, does that mean you can never listen to the song? Oh, don't be ridiculous. Of course, of course you can listen to this stuff. But what I would encourage you is just like a diet, okay? Now, most of you know I talk about food a lot. You want to know why? I like food. <laughs> That's why I talk about it, right? But I, even I, not being brilliant, can confess to you that if I did nothing for two years but eat Big Macs, I could be in trouble, <laughs> okay? Now, why is that? Because that would be the steady diet of Big Macs. First of all, notice I didn't add in fries. <laughs> so that was a mistake. But I'm just saying, if I just ate two years of Big Macs, I'd be in trouble. But some of us eat the media and the social influences 
and work and school kind of like that. And you're just eating the Big Mac stuff. And it might look good and it might taste good the first couple of bites, but after it's in your system for a while, you need a Pepsid. It's just what it is. You think, okay, well, you've lost your mind. Yeah, probably. But the reality check is that we're supposed to be sanctified, not under those influences. Does that mean you'll never experience those influences? No. You drive on the freeway? You read a bumper sticker? Well, are you going to avoid that? No. Well, I'll just close my eyes while I drive on the freeway. Hey, let's not do that. Okay? The Bible says be sanctified, not stupid. Right? Okay. So the understanding then is we limit what we take in so that it's not our full diet. And by doing that and and limiting the spiritual food or influence, let me rephrase that, by limiting the worldly influences and by continually eating the spiritual food of fellowship and prayer and Bible and Bible study and kingdom principles and communion with God, then we won't be warped, but we will be separated because we can't let the world, the worldly, the devil, or even our flesh pull us from God. And that's what it's talking about. Look, this is God's will. You've got to be sanctified. You're supposed to be his property. Just in case you're wondering, he paid the blood of Jesus for you. What's that worth? More than all the money in the world. So God paid a heavy ransom, and that ransom is for you. And he wants you. He bought you. You're his. Okay, cool. Go that way then. Instead of being so influenced. Now, again, does that mean you can never have a Big Mac? I think all of you know better than that. And me saying it 19 times probably won't help me driving home today. But the point is we have to have that separation unto the Lord, that set-apartness for the Lord's purposes and for fellowship with the Lord. I will say one thing. I had some really – my devotional life is just really – I love my devotional life. And sometimes when I'm in the presence of the Lord, it's just in those few moments when the Lord and I know he's there. We're kind of communing. I just don't care about anything else. It's just like, who cares? It's like, just, just call me home <laughs> anytime you want. All right. All right, let's get back to the uh, trivia, and then we'll get ourselves set. And then I got to read what uh, Joy wrote in regards to the picture that's up there. So I got like three things to do. First of all, uh, after Jesus died, who thrust a spear in Jesus's side? I would have taken soldier, Roman soldier, one of the soldiers, anything like that would have been just fine. It was a soldier kind of guy, dude. Okay, so that's that's number one. So that's the answer to the trivia. Number two, on that picture up there, Joy did give me an answer. I'm going to try and read it real fast without knocking everything over on my desk. Uh, she said, left from the left, Cordelia, me, and Elena. I, th- I think I said there. Is it Elena or Elana? You have to guys tell me if I did it wrong. So uh, you got uh, uh, Joanne would be in the middle. And then the last thing to tell you is remember what these words are because the Lord allows you to hear them for a purpose. Use them in your Christian walk. Be sanctified unto the Lord. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, top of the hour. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. The David Spoon Experience is now run by He Must Increase Ministry. 
What this means is that we are no longer operating as a regular business, but as a nonprofit ministry that is devoted to increasing the ministry of Jesus Christ. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Bible believers, the wounded and forgotten believers, and the not yet believers through biblical truths. We are funded by listeners like yourselves and ministry partners that want to provide sponsorships for the show. Your donations are 100% tax deductible. And the great news is, if you donate to our ministry and help us advance the kingdom of God, we won't give you a thing. That's right, you'll get no special prize or gimmick. You won't ever get an anointed Bible or penny in acrylic so that you're never penniless or a guarantee that you'll become rich just because you gave. Your giving will support our unique idea of biblical encouragement. And what you'll receive is a receipt for your giving at the end of the year. It's all about sowing and reaping. Cast your bread upon the water and it will return to you. And if you sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. But you'll be laying up treasures in heaven. And that's the most excellent place to receive the best return for the longest time on your investment. What happens if you don't give? Nothing except more commercials like this one. Let's spare everyone from more commercials like this one. Go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. And give if you're led to and if you're able to. Let's keep the show going and help increase its time and reach. You must like this show a little bit because, after all, you're hearing this commercial, right? Thank you. What is the David Spoon Experience? First and foremost, we want to review our most important element of the day, and that is our DNA. Why is DNA important? Because a Christian should know what they're made of no matter what they're going through. Can I say this again as I've said it before? Let me do it real quick. Ready? More news is coming. I know it sounds prophetic, doesn't it? More, even different news today, tomorrow, and the next day, and for the next week, and the next month, and the next year, and the next decade. That's good. Uh, So in lieu of that, we have to have a certain way, and we need to be. Our DNA, Christian DNA, has uh, three elements. D stands for draw closer to the Lord. Daily. Daily. Number two, never be ashamed. Never be ashamed of the Lord and his words. And A, always be ready to serve. Serve. There you go. So it's three simple things. D-N-A.